targeted attacks. Boston, Philadelphia. Maryland. White House officials claim the CIA has a defense against chemical weapons. I don't understand what you're saying. She says everyone's dead outside. What's going on? We lost contact. With whom? Everyone. Welcome to the latest episode of the podcast that wouldn't die. I'm your host, Kevin. With me, as always, is Aaron. Hey, ho. This week, we'll be discussing the horror sci-fi classic, The Happening, starring Mark Wahlberg, Zoe Deschanel, John Leguizamo. It's an all-star cast. Now, <laughs> you you actually saw this in the theater, is that correct? All right, so I first saw the What's Happening at the theater, I'm sure opening weekend, uh, and it was a disaster. It's one of those things where I'm like, Oh my God, they keep telling us what the answer is. And that really is what the answer is. I kept waiting for something better. Yeah, it's a sad situation. I I remember seeing the ads for this. I did not see it in the theater. In fact, this viewing was my first viewing of The Happening. However, I think someone angrily told me what the, the twist, it wasn't much of a twist, let's be honest, because you're right, like, like 45 minutes into the movie, there's like some guy who has a greenhouse as you know, it's probably the plants are doing this. If they don't have people telling you it's the plants, there's no way you'd ever get it. You'd have no idea what's causing people to flip out. They have to have people who are just like, and again, spontaneously reach this conclusion based upon nothing, just kind of conjecture. Well, could be the plant. Anyway, 30 second synopsis. People start killing themselves Uh, all through the entire movie. Everyone keeps saying, maybe it's nature. Well, you know what? It is freaking nature. Apparently, there's some poison pollen that causes you to kill yourself. And then uh, apparently after 24 hours, it just stops. And and the nature is angry. Grass is angry. And they communicate with the grass and the trees by like, I don't know rustling and then people were like oh it was only the east coast it's probably the government if it had only happened somewhere else and then people start killing themselves in paris i'm like that wouldn't help americans they'd be like oh it's socialism right 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 okay but you know what we're already doing this but let's just jump right into the highlights or as i call it wtf um that I wrote that down. That opening scene with the redheaded girl, who's actually in another movie we reviewed. She was the main character from uh, Cabin in the Woods. Oh, I did not recognize her. This is the only other thing I've seen her in. But she's talking to her blonde friend. They're sitting in the middle of Central Park. Her friends, now, now like everybody else, first you freeze when you become possessed or well, whatever course, hypnotized there's always like a scream in the distance right so what's like, that happening what's, what's going that? on over there Everyone comments on that and then it kind of rolls uh, rolls your way like one of those rolling earthquakes right so she, first her friend freezes then her friend kind of says some kind of gibberish and then she proceeds to pull out of her hair i don't know a railroad spike yeah, I mean, it, was, it was very weird. Like in the 80s, there was a thing of, of putting chopsticks in your hair, but no one puts just a single 
knitting needle. And right. It's not even in a bun to hold the bun. It's just I have a giant knitting needle in yep. my ponytail. I have, I have an eight inch steel spike that I carry around with me. And she proceeds to just jab it into her neck. Fantastic. No blood, by the way, which I found kind of interesting. I don't know uh, if that's part of the deal. Good Lord. Um, but no to- pain. I made a note down. All yes. these people that are killing themselves in terrible waves seem completely out of it. Right. So I right away, I'm like, better than getting eaten by a zombie. Well, and then there were a couple of those death scenes that were so ridiculous, it almost made you laugh. Yeah, like, it's there's... like, really? If you have the urge to kill yourself, you're going to come up with some of this elaborate shit? <laughs> well, the one guy, there's a scene with the dude in the, the lion cage. And it, like the lion, he's just like holding his hand in front of the lion's mouth. Come on, lion. Yeah, come and get it. Down. And the lion proceeds to just literally rip his arm off. Which... <laughs> And then it looked kind of weak. He takes the other arm and pets a different lion with yes. it. So that one gets ripped off too. Yes. Yeah, that's really complicated. I mean, like, if you pop the arm off a of Barbie, it wouldn't be quite this easy. <laughs> it's true. Those lions are very strong. Why don't you just land in their pool and just drown yourself? I mean, it seemed like there'd be easier things to do. I like later in the movie, the guy starts the giant lawnmower. And I don't know, puts a brick on the gas or something, because then it just it just goes. So this giant lawnmower, industrial lawnmower, is now just kind of circling. He lays in front of it. Yes, ridiculous. (laughs) It's freaking ridiculous. He lays down. I swear to God, twenty feet in front of it. Luckily, it was turning back in that direction. So, I guess, or unluckily, however you want to look at it. I guess you got to be familiar with your lawnmower. Yeah, that (laughs) was ridiculous. Uh, the scene when John Leguizamo and his Jeep gets all infected. Yes. It's because there's a tiny slit in the top. Dude, I had a Jeep. It's hardly airtight. Right. You didn't need to worry about a tiny slit in the roof of your Jeep. Well, I mean, and that's kind of the thing. Cars in general are not airtight. You know, if we'd suffocate if they were. Right. We couldn't drive them if they were airtight. Yeah. You know, there's all kinds of logic problems with this. Right. So it's like evidently in this movie, you're fine driving through it as long as there isn't a little like an inch hole in it. Right. I mean, basically yeah. is what it is. So you have to recirculate your air. You can't you bring in the air. from you the can, Exactly. You cannot recirculate. Or what is it? Is it recirculate as it stays? Right. Recirculate is. is or is new inside. air. Okay, what's what? What is it when it's just when it's new air? What's the term for that? I should know this. I don't know. Not non-recirculating. Non-recirculating. Air. Sweet lord. Um. So Mark Wahlberg is a science teacher. He literally gives the answer in the first five minutes. Right. Well, this is a, like a, a weird, like alternate present because they're like the bees have all disappeared. You know what I mean? Like, evidently, what, the plants have killed all the bees? Is that kind of what we're supposed to think? No, the plants are angry that we killed the bees. Yeah, I didn't pick up on that. I thought they were just talking about that they are disappearing. I could have sworn he said they gone. They gone. That's that's possible. I will not argue with you. 
<laughs> and it was also like literally a smart ass kid in his class. And I have to comment. I literally wrote this down. This class was amazingly quiet. You know what I'm saying? People quietly listening and responding when the teacher speaks. It must be a private school. <laughs> That's not how it works in my school. I'll tell you what. And Marky Mark was hardly a compelling teacher. He, oh, not at all. He's playing super wimp in this little episode. This was this was not Edward James almost or somebody, right? <laughs> uh, so it's like some smart-ass kid basically says like, hey, we'll never know the answer, probably. And instead of being like, shut the hell up, which I guess you couldn't say to your student, at least not in my class. Aaron, you might do it in your class. I, I might have said it today. I don't he, know. He's like... That's an excellent point. Really? That's what we're that's what we're teaching in our science class. Hey, there's some things we'll just never know. So but just, why bother searching? He was just uh thankful to get an answer that didn't involve the F word. <laughs> well, I mean, is he a substitute teacher? Is this emergency credential? What's the story here? I don't know. Either way, he's the worst. Um and then I'm trying to remember what the the timeline is do we meet zoe deschanel who's got like a crazy look on her on her eye kind of a glassy eyed staring into space thousand yard stare kind of thing or is it john leguizamo pulls marky mark aside and says hey i probably shouldn't say this but on your wedding day i walked out on your on your bride to be crying her eyes out sorry yeah, we're never really sure what's going on with with crazy lady, and then we find out like they're going through problems because she had uh, a dessert with some dude. No, he didn't know about that. Oh. He didn't oh, he know she. He doesn't know what the problems are. They don't. They don't elucidate what the issues are in their marriage, except to say that John Leguizamo basically said, "You can't count on her. She'll never kind. She'll never commit." even though they've been married for 10 years or however long it's been. Like that was his warning to his about the woman he's been married to for God knows how long. Yeah. That, that probably put a come in handy a little earlier, that deep analysis. Right. So she's, I mean, they, go ahead. she did say yes. And they are in fact been married for 10 years. That is some level of commitment. And she looked, I mean, Marky Mark's looking at the wedding picture. She looked smiling in that. It wasn't like she was weeping and horrified. <laughs> In the wedding, she kept that, it together. That then whole thing was all contrived too. That was stupid. Whatever right. they're going through, that, yeah, it makes her seem really foolish. Right. Well, so much so that later in the movie, John Lake was almost so doesn't trust her, doesn't trust Zoe Deschanel, right. that he has to give his daughter to them. Like, take my daughter. I have to drive to Princeton to make sure my wife's okay. And Zoe's like, I'll take care of her and tries to hold her hand. And he grabs her and says, like, don't grab my hand unless you mean it. Or what he says, some kind of crazy. Don't take her hand unless you mean it or something like that. Something to that effect. It's just like. Which oh. bears no. Once you feel, find out what the issue is, you're like, what? Well, what what is the issue? The issue is that she had dinner with a guy. Well, they don't. He doesn't know that yet. She tearfully admits it an hour and a half into the movie. That's what I'm saying. He, I mean, John Leguizamo doesn't even know that. So is, is there a whole piece of the puzzle that nobody knows well, about John Leguizamo? Could, I mean, that's we don't know what the issue is oh. at all. Marky, Mar like, tearfully, Zoe Deschanel admits 
to Marky Mark, and this Joey's the guy who keeps calling on her cell phone. Stop calling me. Stop calling me. She tearfully admits that she went and had tiramisu with some dude with named Joey, but nothing else happened, and she felt guilty about it afterwards. So, so to celebrate her marriage, uh, she then, I guess, just shut him down and wouldn't explain why she's been acting weird. Bad attention. I guess. Is that what it is? I mean... I mean, so much so. (laughs) They're going through something, but Marky Mark has no idea what it is because she won't tell him. Okay. Is that correct? I I don't even know if if that's correct because... John Leg he okay. John Leguizamo's I guess mom says, "Hey, uh, you guys can all come to our house in Harrisburg and bring Marky Mark and and Dead Eyed Zoe. They can come too." <laughs> um, and Marky Mark's like, "Sounds good." Oh, John, I don't remember what the characters' names are. He's just like John Leguizamo. I got to tell you, if Zoe seems distant, don't worry about it. It's just something we're going through, and that's what makes John Leguizamo go like, "Hey." I probably should have mentioned this 10 years ago, but she was crying, <laughs> crying in the bathroom on the wedding day. And again, we're going through something, but Marky Mark has no idea what he's going through. Just his wife is a freak. We don't, I mean, we don't even know that much. I mean, for all we know, evidently there was a scene that My was brother, edited out. We have put too much effort into this weird bullshit poor writing relationship i agree i agree all i'm gonna say is we're kind of putting ourselves in marky mark's position where it's like because we don't know maybe he doesn't know and i'm saying we don't even know that right we don't even know that (laughs) we don't even know that we don't even know what we don't know that's true and that's true knowledge is knowing you don't know what you don't know (laughs) uh oh so wherever they go, they're on trains or in the train station, they're in the, d- the diner. Adults are constantly oversharing horrible details in front of children. Have you noticed that? Nonstop. Because uh, they have uh, John Leguizamo's daughter with them the entire time. And it's well, constantly. I mean, that's like 9-11, man. That was people were people are like, don't let your kids sit in front of them. People are just having these terrible discussions in front of kids. Because I think. All that screening goes away during a disaster. You're just oblivious to your child crying next to you. You just don't even give a shit. Clearly not. Um, so they get on the train and they're trying to go to Harrisburg or something. And the train, they, the train just gets pulled over. They just say, oh, we're just going to pull over. And because I guess they're unable to reach anybody on their radios. Is that a good reason to just stop the train? I, just I think that's the going. opposite of a good reason to stop the train. I think you keep going. <laughs> At least until you get to the a crossroads or something. I mean, I understand you don't want to go head on with another train, but I don't know. Well, and here's the other Seems thing. fishy. Here's and the other thing. Why were there 12, like, conductors? There's a, Well, so I think some of those were, like, ticket takers and things like that. People work in the... The booze car, perhaps. I don't know. The booze car. Isn't that what it's called? I don't know. The club car. The club car. Thank you. Not the booze car. Uh, But here's the thing. They establish early on that this is only affecting the Northeast. So it's kind of like New York, New Jersey, Philadelphia, that sort of thing. Um, And no one in this movie even once tries to call anybody outside of that area. 
Yeah, that was weird. See, I didn't realize at the beginning that it was just affecting the Northeast. Right. I mean, I guess they had radio reports, but that does explain why the TV's still on. It doesn't explain why the radio would be cutting in and out, but you would think that would also still be rolling. Well, I guess it just depends on the range. I guess. You know, what what's, what station are you listening to? That's KFI, the man. Sometimes when I at night when it was cloudy, those AM stations travel. I could get that up in Humboldt County. Very, well, there you go. That explains it all. Um, well, there's your answer. So everybody on the train gets off and goes to the diner, where they're like, "We got to get out of here, or we're all gonna die." And suddenly, everybody on the train now has a car. Have you noticed that? Yeah. Someone's picking them up in the middle of nowhere. It makes no sense. That is correct. <laughs> okay. for... I think we've established this movie makes no effing sense. It makes no sense. Luckily, two different cars are like, hey, you can come with us. One car happens to be going to Princeton, New Jersey. Isn't that convenient? Yes. Um, Even though they were traveling, what, in the opposite direction? Yes. That is correct. <laughs> and the other car is like, hey, we're going to go west for some reason. We're, we're going in opposite directions. John Leguizamo gets in one. And they're sitting there having this long dissertation. Like John Leguizamo's like, oh, I sh- I'm going to have to go alone. They only have room for one. You got to take my daughter. You know, don't take her hand. Blah, 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 blah. While all the other cars are just sitting there waiting. Cool. Yeah. Finish your discussion. We're good. I mean, could they? How about this? I'm leaving. <laughs> if you're gonna sit and talk for half an hour i'm going down just hunker down man hunker down well and somebody made the point that in no time okay so you get infected with the spores or whatever right okay um and you promptly try to just try to kill yourself in the most elaborate method possible essentially most ridiculous stupid painful if you were aware way yes no one ever goes like i'm just gonna tie myself to this chair or and then I should be cool. How about when my friend is going to like take a a, a a crochet hook and crochet their brains out. No one says, you know, why don't you sit down? <laughs> well, presumably they're also kind of under the influence or something. They're all of, poking themselves. Under the influence of crazy. Of crazy. That's what I'm saying. Because <laughs> the thing about this, because I've seen a million movies where it's kind of a similar basic premise. Like there's something in the air, there's something in the water, and it makes people go crazy. Right. Okay. There's been a million movies right. like that. The birds. The birds. The birds, the crazies. There's always something going on. Right. Um, but this is the first movie where literally it's people harming themselves. So it's, I mean, I guess Bird Box is kind of like that too. Oh, I um, about Bird Box. Yeah, which it's, Bird Box is vastly superior, let's be honest. Except for the end, which is bullshit. Well, because at some point it all falls apart on all these kind of things. But again, if you literally tied yourself down You'd be fine because there isn't going to be somebody who's under the influence of crazy coming to kill you. Right. There, no one's coming to kill you, but it's too late because you're crazy. Well, I and I guess I mean, people don't knew, know. If you knew, you could. Well, I mean, Marky Mark susses it out eventually with the help of the botanist. I don't know what the hell he was. I don't, I'm Guy who had a greenhouse. Farmer. I'm not even sure he knew that that was right, or if he was just rolling. That's uh, something like that. Who's to say? Um, 
Good lord. They constantly are talking about... Uh, he has a mood ring that he's constantly wearing for some oh, reason. Oh my god, I was at lunch yesterday and somebody had a mood ring. She's like, it's always purple. I'm like, you know that means you're horny. <laughs> Is that what it means? Well, according to this movie, that's what she, they said they looked it up. Well, and there's no explanation. Like, literally, he goes home at the beginning of the movie to get Zoe Deschanel and to run to the train station. And he makes a special point to grab his mood ring off the nightstand table and put it on. Maybe that's their wedding rings. No, <laughs> that would be a crazy wedding ring. He's got a wedding ring. Once again, you're trying to add logic into the fever pitch mind of M. Night Shyamalan. Well, we but I mean, how... if if this is important enough, where it's like he's talking, he's giving it to the little girl. Hey, this is, means that you're about to laugh, and no, oh, it's so sweet. You think there'd be one moment where you're like, well, on our first date, we went to the freaking carnival, and I won it. You know, the the crazy guy guessed my weight, or so. You know, get throw two lines. It was from our first date, you know, and it has some sentiment. Give me something. All I can say is it must be this out movie was six hours long explaining all this crap. And they just went and said, dude, we're taking this away from you because you've lost touch with reality. And they just cut it to ribbons. Because <laughs> the happening is happening to you as well, is basically yeah, the moral the of the name, story. Oh, my God. Right. We're going to talk about the name and all that good stuff behind the scenes. Um, there's a point where Marky Mark, he's he's gotten in the car with the hydroponic farmers and the greenhouse, whatever the hell they are. Yes. And the farmer comes and says, hey, I got some hot dogs. Anybody want a hot dog? Hot dogs are over or underrated. You know, they're protein. They got a fun shape. You want a hot dog, Marky Mark? He's just like, no. Turns his own dish now. That doesn't seem like a food that travels well. Well, it's like, look. There are a million other foods I would choose before a hot dog, but the idea that everybody in the group hates hot dogs, like, no, I won't eat that. I will go hungry before I eat a hot dog. Zoe Deschanel, how about a hot dog for you? No. I pass. Pass on the hot dog. Pass out. Pass. It's very sad. ridiculous. Why would you choose hot dogs as your traveling food? But I guess the electricity and everything's running, right? <laughs> I guess. It, it's a horror story. It's an American horror story. Well, I, I will have you know, I ate a delicious hot dog in uh, Iceland. Why they claim it's the greatest thing ever, I don't know. It was a hot dog. It tasted okay. Look, there's you don't a go wide. To Iceland to eat their hot dogs. You do not. There's a wide breadth between. There are really good hot dogs out there, and there are lousy hot dogs out there. So it costs just, less than a dollar. We're just going to call it a lousy hot dog. You're probably right about that. It's a sad situation. Um, uh, you were talking about the plant guy. Yes, laid on me. Uh, at one point, we see Marky Mark whispering to plants when they've broken into a model home. <laughs> Good vibes only. And then he realizes it's a plastic plant. That was a hilarious moment. That was the hilarious moment. That was the... <laughs> <laughs> well, you literally like play, you like get super close to the camera, and he's just like, "I'm hey, talking guy. to a plant, plastic plant, and I'm still doing it." It's hilarious. Good, good yeah. stuff from La old Marky it's Mark. A, it's a laugh riot. 
It is The only a way you ride. would go to this movie is if they turn it into some kind of Rocky horror where you're just openly mocking the acting and the story. Oh, absolutely. If you yes, if you watch this with kind of a mockerish eye, it's dynamite. It's dynamite. Because it's literally we we talked about this uh briefly. The acting in this movie is horrendous. Horrendous. Zoe Deschanel is like the eyes of a doll. I saw her in 500 Days of Summer. I loved her in that. Well, I didn't love her in that, but I loved that movie. <laughs> she, I mean, you almost think this was an acting choice that she made or a, a direction she got from a night to be kind of a simple-minded imbecile. Because it's literally Do we staring know into space. She is not actually a ding-dong. She is may she be. She, she may be. be, but I have never noticed it to this degree. Well, I mean, think about Elf, her tr- most triumphant role. Most it's triumphant. not that far. There's no tiramisu that we know of. Well, here's the thing about it. She was the star of a super popular sitcom for like eight years. I never saw it. it I never stupid. watched it either, but people, I mean, people loved it. People loved it. So if she was basically, you know, a, a bargain basement mannequin. I can't imagine that show would have been on for as long as it was. You know what I mean? And she's not the only one. Marky Mark is horrendous in this as well. It's overacting. It's acting right to the camera. It's like he's totally unbelievable it's as a science weirdest, teacher. The weirdest teachers are the weirdest acting choices. Yeah. It's a nightmare. He's clearly never set foot in a classroom or even attended school. <laughs> As a teacher or a student, for all I know. <laughs> it's a sad situation. Um, when they start... So the crazy old uh, gardener guy first you know, postulates that it's probably the plants. Just kind of casually... I gotta, he was very relaxed, just kind of chatting it up. Like, oh yeah, it's probably the plants. Probably the plants. Um, and if he doesn't do that, then there's no way an audience member would ever figure out what is causing people to, co- to commit suicide. Yeah, so they have that they realize that nobody knows what the hell's going on. So they have to keep telling you over and right. over. Might be the plants, might be the plants. Have you thought it was the plants? Maybe it's the plants. What about the plants? Right. And the plants over don't and move. Over again. I've only seen this once before. And I didn't notice it at first. I mean, I heard them say that. And then all of a sudden I was like, motherfucker, they're right. But now with the second watch, they're literally telling you what it is every three seconds. All right. I mean, typically you watch an M. Night Shyamalan movie and you figure like, oh, there, we're, here comes the twist. But there really isn't a twist in this movie because they tell you. What the what the twist is thirty minutes into the movie, right? So there's no twist. There's no twist. It's just nonsense and weirdness and strangeness and Betty right. Buckley acting like a maniac. Poor old Betty Buckley. Um, no, no, no. It's it, it is. It's like <laughs> so. You have the plants, and I guess they're putting pollen or something that caused you to go to go suicidal it's a neurotoxin that causes you to kill yourself where where is that neurotoxin i'm not familiar with that you know it don't you government agencies would love to get a hold of that that's what i'm saying well here's the thing 
like I said, the plants don't move and physically attack you like an evil dead or something. You know what I mean? Right. They are fully dependent on the a breeze coming. You know? They don't control the wind. Or do it's madness. They? Or do Well, that was the thing. It's like they're running and like the breeze is like catching up to them. Oh no, the breeze is come. As far as I know, look, I'm not a meteorologist, I'm not a botanist. Plants do not control the weather. As far as they I don't, know. But apparently they they can conspire and plot and scheme. Yeah, clearly. Well, and this is you the thing. You can't the just moment... say it's nature. You can't just say it's nature. And it and nature and then the nature is uh, is corresponding uh internationally with other nature in other areas. Right. That's it's what they do. Now. It's your turn now. It's a warning. It's what they do. Okay? Nobody learned anything from the birds. There was all that, run, nature, run. Well, and the, and the moment you realize that it's the plants, there are still multiple times where people are like, I'm just going to go sit in these bushes or sit under the tree or lay on the grass. It's like, what are you doing? You're pissing them off. Get back on the asphalt. You'd think... Like the work, the place you don't want to go is into the country. Of course, that's the opposite of where you want to be. That's where it's all you think you're. It's all intensified, right? And then Sweet nature Jesus. gets angry if there's too many of you. They they start releasing all their toxins, right? So that's that's the kind of the reveal. People were those two old ladies sitting at home watching TV with their gas masks on. Perfect. Good that's job. exactly what you do. That's exactly yeah. what Close you do. Close your freaking windows, turn off the AC, and shut the hell up. So there's... <laughs> you're right. They kind of reveal, like, first it attacked Central Park, where there's a million people or whatever. And then it's, like, you know, still larger groups, but then smaller and then smaller. As long as you keep in smaller enough groups. But eventually, by the end of the movie, it's like any person that's out by themselves is now going to get hit. It's pissing nature off. Yeah. It's pissing nature off. No question. Mm-hmm. Um, in the middle of the movie, she Zoe's Deschanel pulls Marky Mark to the side and says, "Hey, I, I got to. If we die tomorrow, I have to admit to you that I had tiramisu with Joey the other day, and nothing else happened. But I felt really guilty about it. Okay. I, 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 Now's the good time for that. That's what I literally wrote that down. I think you take that to your grave. I don't I mean, think you let that be your last thought. It wasn't even a thing. <laughs> wasn't even a thing." I guess maybe she lied about where she was. Then that's not good. That's not ideal. But I, I guess it, it could be kind of a emotional whore, cheat. Zoe. What? It, it's an emotional cheat, perhaps. Right? Maybe Betty Buckley should have given her a slap. She needed it. For God's sakes. Um, so well, then Marky Mark... Mark go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Marky Mark kind of does a joke. He's like, hey, I was at the diner and I was checking out all the waitresses. And she's like, <laughs> she's like, really? And he shakes his head no. And she's like, thank you. Oh, Jesus. It was, <laughs> it was such a bizarre exchange. They're monsters. I had to write it down. They're both, Are you joking? They're, they're yes, I am. They have some kind of cognitive issues. I don't it, know what's happening here. It's a horror story. Um, I think see. the most one of the most ridiculous parts is is at the very end. Yeah, before Paris, it says three months later, 
Everything's right. everything's fine. We've been dealing with coronavirus for a year and a half. <laughs> but 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 suicide pollen snap 24 hours 3 months later, it's all good. Boom. Well again, okay. we said we said 24 hours later. Marky Mark, Zoe Deschanel, the little girl, pick up like two like teenage boys along the way. Oh, I didn't like that part. And they that go and they're exciting. like, hey, little Sally's hungry. Let's see if there's any food in this house. And they're pounding on the door. They realize there's like a disgruntled family or something in this house. And they're like, go away, leave us alone. Don't bring that COVID in here or whatever he says. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Don't bring that COVID in. Uh, and literally... The teenage kids are like, hey, we're coming in and start pounding on the door. And I kept thinking, that's a bad idea. It's 100%. You've never seen a zombie movie, you bad teenagers. Of course, they have, they're armed to the teeth. Right. So promptly, they get shot to death. Boom, boom. Again, these guys are like 15 or something. I, I'd be like, let's burn the house down on our way out. I wrote down. That was down, so upsetting when they killed those kids. Killed those boys. I was laughing because killed them and then says, if you don't get out of here in the count of three, I'll kill you too. It's like, now you're going to count to three? <laughs> blew those guys away without counting. Good times. Oh, yeah. Sweet People Jesus. are evil. People are evil, which is so strange because it, you don't know. No one knows what was causing this, but you're letting strangers from far and wide jump into your car. Yes. that's a, It was a weird kind of a social commentary because earlier there was like one car, like the owner of the diner wasn't taking anybody. He just drove away. Right. But there were other people who were like, sure, take your time, finish your conversation. We got nowhere else to be. You know what I mean? It's yeah, so it's I mean, there, there's just many things wrong, as we said. And, and, and here's another thing that was very confusing. Yes. So Betty Buckley is dead. She got the crazies from being in the garden by herself, which made no sense. Well, that was the thing. It's like now they're picking off the single people. So uh, Zoe and the child were, for some reason, outside in what could be called it was supposed to be a spring house but it looks like when you get kidnapped hitchhiking the place they chain you up <laughs> that's why correct. would they be in there supposedly playing for hours in a square with water yes well and they'd already and giggling they'd already established that betty buckley because they they come across she's another person they come across who's like she's staying in her home and she invites them to stay with them but she's kind you can tell she's nuts Literally, she's off the grid doesn't know current events has no electricity i mean zoe deschanel describes her as exorcisty which I don't even know what the hell that means. I don't know. Maybe Who's to say? One. Maybe she was in the. I don't know. Well, because it was literally they were they were having a little laugh at dinner, and then the little girl reaches for a, a biscuit a or something or something yeah. something, and Betty Buckley swats her hand and says like, you know, it's not nice to touch other people's things or some kind of crazy thing. Um, and then before they go to bed, she's like, "You're just trying to kill me and steal my stuff," and then they go like. Okay, well, let's go to sleep now. Red flag, red flag. These are big red flags. And so Marky Mark wakes up the next morning and no one's around. He doesn't know where they are. Where is everybody? 
And this is what you're talking about. Yeah, you know, his wife and the little girl go off and just play in the <laughs> in the outhouse or in the barn or in the the rape shack. I don't know what was happening. The a rape horror story. shack is a little old place where we can um, get together. We can get raped <laughs> together. Oh my god. Sweet Jesus. So Good times. Any other uh, highlights that you want to talk about? Oh, will this will the circle be unbroken? Because at the very end, they they quote an act of nature you will never understand. Right. That kind of flies in the face of science, though, in my opinion. They don't just yeah. they don't just throw up their hands and like, oh well, we'll never get this. I give up. Deuces. <sighs> I'm looking at my notes. I have why Mrs. Jones. Why why do I have that written down? Because uh, that was the name of Betty Buckley. Oh, okay. Not. I, I also put it's not always windy. Literally, <laughs> if I yes. wasn't watching TV and I was just watching Netflix, I might have missed this whole thing and just sat in my house. You know what I mean? Like if it was happening real time, right? Because I barely watch the news at all. I'm, not, I'm certainly not listening to the radio. So unless people are running down the street screaming. Uh, right in front of me, I might be just like laying on my couch, and then the next day I'm like, "What? You, you have missed it all." Happen? You I'm are Betty Buckley, all. is what you're saying. I am Betty Buckley, don't take what isn't yours. <laughs> oh Shall we do behind the scenes, please? Mark Wahlberg admitted that he regrets working on this movie, as he should, but said, "Can't blame me for wanting to try a science teacher." least i wasn't playing a cop or a crook okay what does that mean what i don't even understand that. who the hell basically he was trying to play against type i guess is what he's trying to say oh why don't we just try acting how can we try that exactly who is he come on is it... <laughs> hey take a page from old donnie he was in the sixth sense that is true well clearly donnie got the acting genes and you know i mean let me say this i like mark Wahlberg. I generally find his performances enjoyable. And frankly, he's I found like, him enjoyable in like this Sw one. He's like Schwarzenegger, you know. They're just kind of an interesting character. They have terrible voices. They're they're likable nonetheless. Yes. You know. Yes. Not so much in this movie. Yeah, um, the voice of Joey on the phone, the guy with the tiramisu. Was Donnie Wahlberg. And Mike Shyamalan. Shyamalan. Uh, M. Night Shyamalan. He's yep. trying to throw a little Hitchcock in there. He did. He he always does that. He's always in pops up in some respect in these movies. All right. Um, he wrote the screenplay with Mark Wahlberg in mind. <sighs> Nicely oh my done. God. Did he ever meet Mark Wahlberg or see him on a movie? Must have seen him in something, right? Was he, he thinking he, of what was the Mark Wahlberg movie where he was like the abusive, crazy boyfriend? That was Fear with Reese Witherspoon. Yeah. No, he Maybe saw he him. That. He saw him when he was with the Funky Bunch. It was I the Funky was, Bunch that triggered all that. He's that like, it. he could be a science teacher. Uh, this movie was shot completely in sequence, like a play. I don't care about that stuff. Well, because usually they don't do it that way. So yeah, but now it seems like every time uh, I something new comes out, they always go, and they shot it in sequence. <laughs> it seems like everybody's trying to do that now. <gasps> they shot it in film. Oh, okay. But is the movie good, or should I just see it because you shot it in sequence? No, you should, should not. I, should I just see it because you shot it with film? 
If, you, the, if you're, you're pressing that hard with that, methinks there's that's all it is. Yeah. That's all you need to know. Uh, the methinks. DVD, the DVD contains a deleted scene of a piano recital that suddenly becomes tragic. I don't even know what that means. I didn't, <laughs> they were making mistakes playing the piano. Who's to say? How, how does one become a uh, piano recital become tragic? Anyway. Uh, I guess the lion attack and porch shooting scenes were originally much more gruesome. Well, good, because they're much more stupid right now. They're ridiculous with some bad CGI. Um, Mark Wahlberg improvised the line, be scientific, douchebag. Oh, I believe it. That that does seem, I, I believe that wholeheartedly. That's right. No, one, no one's taken the time to write that down. <laughs> M-, M. Knight's not like, hmm, what should he say here? I got it. Be scientific, douchebag. Quite frankly, this whole thing seems like it, it's like a Larry David thing where like, where they just give you a sketch and you just make up your own lines as you go. It's clearly that. Un- unfortunately, not as successful as Curb. In a deleted scene, Elliot, who is Mark Wahlberg, and Alma, who is Zoe Deschanel, have a fight and then make up. And it's intended to serve as the movie's introduction. But then they, people just didn't, they just decided who gives a damn basically about their relationship. No one cares. No one understands. It's ridiculous. Well, they they literally said they wanted the audience to kind of learn about the couple's issues as the narrative unfolded. Sadly, you never really learn about the (laughs) the couple's issues as far as I'm concerned. Nor does it matter. Who gives a Nothing damn? about that even matters. It does not push the story forward in any way. This is it's true. Jibba Jabba, as we say. Um, this was M. Night Shyamalan's first R-rated film. Oh, jeez. There Who you cares? go. Boo! Amy Adams was considered to play the part of Alma, but she declined. She I don't said, care. I don't care for Amy Adams. She said, I'm out. No can do. I said Amy Adams out. Oh, very sad. Is this sad. one of your lost loves? No, not really. <laughs> I mean, she's fine. No, there are certain actors that pop up and you're like, okay. And they're big for like five years and then they kind of go away. So Whatever I think she's on that to list. Easy A girl. I always liked her. She's Emma Stone. She's in Cruella. Oh, yeah. Oh, do you think I'm going to see that shit? I don't have the girls. We saw it. We yeah. saw it. Um, the, <laughs> the redhead in the park at the beginning of the movie, who is also in um, Cabin in the Woods, has yes. disowned this film and claims to hate it, and she refuses to talk about the film when asked about it. Well, he, she's literally in okay, 30 seconds of the movie. Yeah, you didn't, you didn't return the check, sister, so yeah, that's going to be all uppity. Um, the word happen... And variations of it are said 25 times throughout the movie. What's the buzz? Tell me what's happening. Right. Good Lord. Uh, The little girl, uh, Jess, was played by Ashlyn Sanchez. And this is the last movie she ever acted in. Her parents said, that's it. That's it. (laughs) Not again. Damn you, M. Night Shyamalan. You've ruined my daughter's acting career. It's true. It was such a horror story. They're like, we're out. No can do. (laughs) Um, it's funny. Um, M Knight had written this movie and it was called the green effect and he took it out and presented it to studios and keep in mind, 
this is after um, Signs. This is after Sixth Sense. This is after, like, uh, Unbreakable, when he was still kind of a big stuff. You know what I'm saying? And every studio passed on it. That should give you a tip or do. So he took it and kind of reworked it. Changed the title to The Happening, which we've established doesn't mean anything. Right. Uh, and managed to find one production company. They could have called it like it. April 2nd. <laughs> that that would have had <laughs> Basically, more meaning. That would have had more meaning. Do you know what's funny? I watched this Charles Bronson movie the other day. Death Cause, Wish? Because that's what I do. <laughs> um, it was called 10 to Midnight. And it's about Charles Bronson hunting down a serial killer. Isn't he always hunting somebody down? He's always, okay. This time it's personal with Charles Bronson. It's always personal. Yeah. Um, there's no reason why it's called 10 to Midnight. The title doesn't reflect anything in the script. It was literally like they had the title and they had the script and they just put them together. So who gives They're a like, damn? We got this great title. Now, how can we write a story around it? Well, and it's like, if you got that title, how hard is it to just to say, there's a there's a deadline before the killer kills again. I mean, come up with something to work in the title. I no, we can't be bothered. Because that's a great title. Too bad we wasted it. <laughs> it's like, we can't be bothered to work it. It's the same thing with that damn mood ring. It's like, I can't be bothered. Sorry. What you get is what you get, and you don't get upset. It's a very sad situation. Editing, people. Editing. But this is about that time that the tide started to turn. He had done Lady in the Water. And people I were like, P- Lady people thought water. that was P.U. I love Lady in the Water. Okay, the you're mermaid the one. that lives at the bottom of the swimming pool. You're the one. <laughs> Bryce I Dallas love Howard. that one. I started to turn on him about the time of the village. Oh, the village I turned, I was turning. And, and quite frankly, the Lady in the Water, I just by chance fell upon on HBO. Yeah. It's... It's a sad situation after the happening. So the happening people were like universally people were like, we hate this movie. We're like, hate this movie and we hate you, M. And we hate you. Um, But the worst was yet to come. A year or two later, he did the movie The Last Airbender. Oh, and no, I didn't see that. Well, no, it's it's ba- it was made based upon this uh, anime. cartoon anime, yeah. which is was the cartoon anime was wildly popular. People loved it. So when he did his M. Night Shyamalan on it, it was a horror story. People were People were were wildly upset. So then it was like, oh, no, no, no. We can no longer put from the mind of M. Night Shyamalan on it. Because now it's starting to drive people away. Oh. It's a sad situation. So Uh, now it's just going to be Night Shyamalan. Well, he kind of had... Do we even know what the M stand for? Because it could be like Marky Mark. That's exactly uh, what it is. Shyamalan. He, well, Night is just a nickname he picked up in college. Did you know that? That sounds racist. (laughs) Hopefully that's not why he's called Night. Good Lord. Anyway, uh, let's talk about the cast, shall we? We already talked about M. Night Shyamalan. We don't need to know we, anything about We talked about enough. Him. He's home crying listening to this. Mark Wahlberg played Elliot, the science teacher. Good Lord. You know Smelly. what he's from. I mean, terrible names. Very sad. Uh, Zoe Deschanel played Alma, Alma. his wife. Come on. Uh, <laughs> most successfully, she was the star of The New Girl. 
from 2011 to 2018. Also, uh, 500 Days of Summer, yes, Trolls. Th- 500 Days of Summer is a thousand times better than this movie. She is currently the host with, uh, oh crap, Michael Bolton, the host of uh, <laughs> Celebrity Bolton Dating Game. to be her dad. Oh my God. Yeah, so, they, they, isn't she like a singer too? Why couldn't Marky Mark and Zoe bust out in some some kind of song during the show? Because I find it offensive when people try to work in their singing into the movie, especially if they're like kind of I'm an aspiring singer. It's like, come on, no can do. That offends you? It offends me greatly. Not the, not, not spending uh, twelve dollars for this movie. <laughs> Plus the twenty five for the popcorn. I did not do that. John Leguizamo plays the buddy who's a math teacher, Julian. Of course, you know him from Moulin Rouge. Actually, I didn't even nope. know he was in that. He was Toulouse-Lautrec in Moulin Rouge, evidently. Oh he was in uh, Spawn, The Pest, nope. Romeo and Juliet. Nope. You know don't you? I didn't see any of those. Uh, and yet, I know John Leguizamo. In, in a bizarre cameo, Cameron from Ferris Bueller plays the principal. He's in two minutes of the movie. Very I have upsetting. no memory of that. Yes. Although and I hate Ferris Bueller's day off anyway. Okay. Uh, I'm going to stop the cut, cut the mic. Cut the mic. This is upsetting to me. <laughs> um, we're not even going to touch that. Uh, the guy who drives the Jeep with yes. John Leguizamo riding shotgun. Yes. You never see his face straight on. But he is famous because he was the star of clerks he was the oh. star of clerks 2 his name's brian o'halloran he was the, the main character of clerks wait who was he in this he was the driver of the jeep that john what like was the gets into. yes and you I never see like you see his foxy. you just see like his cheek because you never get a full-on look at his face it's the most bizarre oh my god and he's i guess <laughs> when they become uh yeah, under the influence of craziness, yes. he hits a tree. I didn't even mention this this goofball. Oh, it shot out like a, a rocket. Shot out through the windshield, but somebody shoots out the other side too, and it's not John Leguizamo. Uh, John Leguizamo uh, is wearing a seatbelt and gets out of the car and slices his wrist. But did somebody just shoot right over his shoulder? Or I'm not well, even sure. And it was a know. guy, because the knows? only other person would have been the. The chick in the back. Who? Well, there were three people in the back seat. One of them was a little girl that he starts to do the the math experiment, or oh, like the yeah. math riddle with. But I think there were two other randos. This is neither here nor there. Let's talk about the rating, oh, shall we? God. Oh my god! <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes currently gives this. 18% rotten. Ooh, that's a severe, a severe strap from this, rotten to This me. might be one of the, the lowest rated movies that we have ever done. Let me look at it. Ro- and Roger Ebert, what did he say? From Let's Beyond see if Grave. I can find anybody we recognize. It's who's to say. I don't want to hear a review from like Fangoria or oh, Bob Guccione. We'll check it out. Else. Rex Reed. Rex Reed. Rex Reed said... For a movie with the potential for so much global warming electricity, it's disappointingly low on voltage. Oh, so thanks, clever. Thanks, thanks, Rex Reed. That, that was so clever. Richard Roper gave it a, a positive review. 
Who's that? Is that Mr. Roper? Mr. Roper! <laughs> no, he was former host of Ebert and Roper. He replaced Gene Siskel. Oh. He was the first guy. Um, it almost dares you to roll your eyes or laugh at certain scenes that oh, are supposed to be deadly you. serious. It forces you at gunpoint. Yes. <laughs> but you know what? I appreciated this creatively offbeat, daring sci-fi mind trip. And that's why he was no replacement for Siskel. It's a very sad situation. That was like, I'm going to find something kind to say at the end. Yeah, I mean, it it definitely dares you to laugh, as we've talked about multiple times. It compels you to laugh at them, not with them. Roger Ebert. Uh Uh-oh. Three out of four. What? Shyamalan's approach is more effective than smash-and-grab plot-mongering. His use of the landscape is disturbingly effective. The performances by Wahlberg and Deschanel bring a quiet dignity to their characters. Quiet dignity? Oh. That is madness. Poor Roger. That is, that is damn. He must have been getting the chemotherapy. Oh, sweet. That, that is the crazy. <laughs> he must have been far along. Look, you can like this movie or not like this movie. No, That's you fine. can't. No, you can't. It's not fine. It but what is you not can't, fine. What you can't do is is praise the acting performances in this movie. You can't do that. That's a bridge too Once far. Once you do that, it is a bridge too far, and now you're suspect. You're so suspect. All credibility is lost. No question. So what's your rating? Uh, well, first of all, we do have to say this: the acting is still better than Keanu Reeves in Dracula. Let's just put that out there. <laughs> still better than that. I, I would say Marky Mark. It's probably a little bit better than Keanu. I would say... I would say Marky Mark is is, uh, Laurence Olivier in Hamlet compared to uh, Keanu in Dracula. I think think you're giving him a little too much credit. I think Zoe Deschanel in this, and I'm sure she's a very fine person, but it was... (laughs) It was literally like looking into the dull, lifeless eyes of a doll. That's all I'm going to say. I think that's her acting style because in some places it works because I'm kind of thinking that's how she was in 500 Days of Summer, but it fit that. (laughs) You know what it is? She plays she. She's Kevin Costner. Boom. I only... (laughs) I've said this before. Whenever you say, oh, they're just playing themselves, I'm like, maybe themselves after a massive head injury. After a frontal lobotomy. When you see the same characterization, no matter what the hell the role is, you start to say, is it acting? You start asking questions. You start asking questions. So what is your your rating, for God's sake? Oh, for sure. My rating is two out of five sewing needles shoved into my freaking eye so I don't ever have to see this movie again. I'm going to give it... I'm going to give it 2.5 laying down in front of the lawnmowers. (laughs) I have to say that. I I think there are times... Does that mean the lawnmower actually only goes over 2.5 of you? Just 2.5 of you. I think there are times where it's laughable in in kind of a good way. Um, It's not even remotely scary, because let's be honest, how scary can plants in the wind truly be? Um, you know what I mean? And like I said, the performances are so ridiculous. Um, 
There are times where you could appreciate and laugh about it, but it's definitely not anything worth like rushing out to see. That's for damn shizzle. I think the Betty Buckley stuff was the best. She was <laughs> acting, acting crazy, but she was the best part. Well, I, and I'll say this. I think everybody else kind of was pretty good in terms of their performances. Right. John Leguizamo was perfectly fine. Right. Everybody else was perfectly fine. It was just the two leads. <laughs> Which is a problem. Which is a problem. Thank you, Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder. Clearly. Clearly, clearly. So, thank you very much. Go to our page on Facebook at the podcast that would die. Go to our page on Twitter at TPodcast, TWDie. Aaron, we're on the Insta. The Insta, we are the podcast that wouldn't die. Underscore, underscore, underscore. So there you go. Remember. It's either all one word or like an underscore after everything. I mean, who's to say? You can it, email us at the podcast that wouldn't die. That's one word. That is true. And no punctuation. And no punctuation. But what's most important is that five-star rating on Apple. That is true. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. Anywhere where the finer podcasts are available. Exactly. Because we need to get the sponsorship so Erin doesn't have to like hold her microphone that keeps falling off every time I try to record. We don't have to give them all the ins and the outs of our financial hardships. This but thank is the you behind the scenes Clearly. of the, uh, the show. Um, so like, share, subscribe, and review for God's sakes. Um, tell a friend, phone a friend. Please do. Tell Next week. To listen. Tell tell her. She and what else is she doing? She got the time. She got her gas mask on, watching the TV. Faux show. Mark to show up. Next week we're gonna be doing the horror classic, Silent Rage. I'm not going to tell you anything about this. Aaron, I'm not going to tell you anything about this. I know nothing about it, and I'm frightened because I made Kevin watch this movie. That's right. Without telling him anything about it. So there you go. Good times. You can watch it. I think it's on the Roku channel. It's on Tubi on your or not to be. Uh, streaming services. Right. <laughs> I'm assuming you don't own it. I mean, you could probably get it at the library. Wait, Anywho. are you saying you don't own it? I do not own it. Whoa. So there you go. That should tell you something. So check that out. Send in your comments, questions, or favorite scenes, and maybe we'll talk about it on the show. It's a good time. And if your friends ask, what is our podcast? We're really like a book club for films. So you're supposed to, the idea is you're going to watch this film and then you're going to tune in and you're either going to agree or disagree. It's an interactive experience, really. If you know what I'm saying. In the fact that Kevin and I interact, you can you can shout some obscenity on Twitter if you'd like. If you do. Well, our, our voices interact with your ears. I think it's the safest way to. <laughs> I so see. I so, see. So thank you very much, and be well.